Hello, friends. Welcome back to Meg Living Inside Out. This is episode 20 of our series on friendship. Friendship and mental health. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 Before we dive deep into this podcast episode, I have a couple of housekeeping clarifications. So, I am recording this podcast August 11th, 2022, and um, the episode that I'll be releasing tomorrow, August 12th, is episode 19 about friendship and finding friends on social media. And I'm actually releasing episode 18 after that because August 12th is our five-year wedding anniversary, and I wanted to celebrate with a happy podcast about finding friends on social media because that is actually my husband's and my origin story, (laughs) for lack of a better phrase. Um, So that's why 18 and 19 are out of order. I recorded them one way and then I looked at the release dates and I decided to release them differently. Um, Also, I thought I was going to release those in September and I thought I was going to do a marriage series here in August, but I realized I need to not stress myself out unnecessarily. So that's part of also the shift of production release Uh, And then the third housekeeping announcement clarification is that um, my husband is actually having a friend over for lunch right now, and he's making him breakfast food for lunch. So if you hear a conversation in the background, that is what that is. So um, all that said, let's get into the episode. Let's revisit today's first. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. One day I was reading 1 Thessalonians and this verse just jumped out at me. You know, that we need to be patient with those who are lazy and admonish them. We need to be patient with those who are discouraged and faint-hearted and encourage them. We need to be patient with the weak and help them. And it takes patience and observation to discern the one from the others because laziness and discouragement and physical ailments kind of all look similar. And this paragraph in um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is really emphasizing, um, you know, just what a healthy community is supposed to look like. Let's talk about verse 15. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Um, And then before that, we ask you brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Um, This whole chapter, this, this section is very much about, okay, how to put your community in order. And, um, you know, these three categories of laziness, discouragement, and the weak are, you know, this is, these are the three people who are not contributing to the community. And so you are being patient with them to figure out why they're not contributing. You know, maybe they're lazy and they need a kick in the pants. Maybe they are discouraged and they need 
a shoulder to cry on or a hug or a listening ear or, you know, what promise of truth and scripture do we need to cling to to reinvigorate? You know, do you need to walk in the woods and look at some beauty and and remember God made the world and God loves us and the, the world and this expression of beauty is, you know, the way... I had a really strong epiphany in May a couple years ago where I realized that I needed to receive God's love through nature and receiving it from people was just not enough and it wouldn't fill me up. Um, And so that encouragement for the week is really important. You know, come back, join the community and, you know, find your place in contributing to it. Um, And then those who are physically weak, um, you know, maybe there's a disability, maybe there's an ailment, maybe there's an undiagnosed condition, um, but my mitochondria do not work like other people's mitochondria, and for most of my life, I've just not had the same amount of energy as other people, and that has been really, really hard, um, but in short, being forced to slow down and spend a lot of time thinking and in prayer and just studying God's precepts and commands and the way that he's made the world has really forced me to make peace with God's character, make peace with the principles that order society. And um, that's really important. And that thought process and that worldview laid the foundation for me to create what I'm creating now. And so the fruit that we're seeing now in my life is, you know, it, it seems, it, it seems exponential. I look at all the things on my list. I have, I have an Excel spreadsheet now to keep track of my do list. And, um, I look at all the things on my list. I'm like, okay, this is overwhelming, but what can I do to make this easier? Let me batch some things and get them off my list. I realize I'm tangenting hard on an episode about mental health and friendship, but trust me, this is all related. So here's why and how it's all related. Let's say that our community is in boats. (laughs) And let's say that the families that are stable are in nice little dinghies or canoes and they've got enough space for themselves and their kids. Um, They don't have much extra room, but they've got enough to that they can stay afloat. Now, let's say that um, somebody who is struggling with their stability or their mental health or they're coming out of a traumatic life experience and they're treading water and they're struggling, and they are just barely keeping their nose above water. Well, the people in canoes want to help them, but they can only take in so many at a time because they only have so much room in their own canoe and their own resources. Now, let's expand this analogy a little bit. Let's say that you've got a family that's a little bit more stable and well-off, and they have a medium-sized boat. Um, Let's say that you've got somebody where they're not doing great, but they're okay, and they have a raft. Um, Then let's also say that maybe there's like a really large 
organization or a richer family and they're in a yacht. And we're going to talk about yachts later on in the in the analogy in the podcast. Um, but what I have found in society is that people of the same economic tier and also of the same emotional level of health tend to group together and quite frankly we feel most comfortable around people who are most like ourselves and so that causes us to look for others who are similar to us you know they dress the same way they use the same vocabulary you know they use the same words you know vocabulary is a big word and it just means a collection of words or how many words do you have whereas somebody who's has more educated or may have more vocabulary and I 30 second tangent I really make an effort to use simple words because I don't want anyone to feel alienated by my my by my vocabulary (laughs) hopefully don't feel alienated by me tripping over my words either but uh anyways um I don't want to alienate anyone with my vocabulary. Like if I use the word aggregate, that's just a big fancy word to mean that I bring things together and I, like, they're brought together. They're aggregated. Like that's all that that word is. But if I say that around somebody who has never heard that word before, then I make them feel stupid and I don't want to do that. But if I'm around, if I'm around somebody who's college educated or they're very intellectual, then I'll bring out the word aggregated. So that's a, that's an intentional stylistic choice on my part because I want to bring people close to me I want to bring as many people close to me as possible and I don't want anything to alienate them unnecessarily um and that even applies to like the topics that I talk about the topics that I don't talk about Uh, we'll get into that in value conflicts um but all that to say we group ourselves based on Um, what we're familiar with and people who are like us. And so it is very common for people who are well off to only associate with other people who are well off. And unfortunately, I realize we're supposed to talk about mental health and friendship, but I'm talking about economics. Bear with me. It is all about community and it is all related. People who are well off Sometimes people who are not well off struggle to be good friends to people who are because they don't know how to interact and sometimes they come in with an attitude of entitlement. And if there's anything that you and I should be very familiar with, it's the concept that we don't appreciate it when other people use us for what we can do for them. And most of us are used to that on an emotional level or even a physical level. But that is also, that principle also happens on a monetary and an economic level. And so that's why a lot of people who are actually very stable, maybe they're in the yachts or what have you, they're very discreet about how they help people. The godly ones are usually very discreet about how they help people because they don't want to draw attention to themselves 
in a way that invites people to use them. And so um, people in yachts have learned that they can't just throw money at problems and make them go away. Um, And they've learned to be very intentional. And intentionality is something that we're going to talk about. So let's say that you are... Well, let's talk about me. Let's say that I am in a canoe. And let's say that my husband and I and our family unit is stable. You know, we've got enough time to do what we need to do. We've got enough money to take care of our obligations. We have enough physical energy to take care of what we've been entrusted with. And we have enough to help people with our leftovers. Um, And quite frankly... There's a lot of interesting talk about this on social media right now. And quite frankly, responsibility is based on proximity. The person on this earth that I have the greatest responsibility to care for is my husband. And then after that, if I have children, it would be my children. So that is my immediate family unit. Now after that, we are called to show honor to our ancestors Family discussion is an entirely different topic, so please see my YouTube video on that about family dysfunction, which I actually need to go back and rewatch and evaluate and see if there's anything I need to clarify in there. Um, But suffice to say, we are not, scripture never tells us to feel affection for our family members. It tells us to honor them. And so honor means that sometimes we just show obligation even if we don't feel like it. And sometimes, many times we have to set boundaries with family members who are not trustworthy. And, you know, trust is earned and respect is earned. Um, But we honor people by their position. And that is not earned. That is inherent. So I hope that distinction helps. Um, But again responsibility is based on proximity so my greatest responsibility is to care for my husband and then my children if I have them and then my community those who are physically closest to me so my neighbors and my church community and then after that it's kind of up to me of you know Jesus told us to go to Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and make disciples. That is the Great Commission, teaching them to obey everything that he taught us. So once I've met my initial obligations, then I have five loaves and two fish, y'all. Five loaves and two fish. Then I take what resources I have left over, and I think about, okay, where do where do I want to minister? Do I want to minister in Jerusalem, in my city? Do I want to minister in Judea, which is maybe like my state? Do I want to minister to Samaria, which would be a different people group? Um, do I want to minister to the ends of the earth and, you know, support missionaries around the world? When you have limited resources, and all of us have limited resources... You know, the people who maybe have the most money don't have a lot of time or people or maybe they don't have a lot of energy. You know, the 
the patriarchs and the matriarchs in my church, they may have more physical resources, but they don't have the physical energy that they used to. And, you know, but maybe somebody who's younger who does have physical energy and time doesn't have monetary resources. And so we're all balancing what resources we do and don't have with the rest of our community. And it is this intentional, thoughtful, careful dance that we all must make in our life. And it's very important that none of us get entitled about what somebody else should do um, for the community or for us. And this is this is really important for us to think about as we enter into a community and we have mental health struggles or we are befriending someone with mental health struggles because the very simple truth of the matter is that we cannot do everything. Let me say that again. We cannot do everything. And we will burn ourselves out if we try. Now, for those of you who are deeply empathetic and compassionate and just get overwhelmed by the sufferings of the world, hi, raise your hand, I am one of you. Um, There are many things in this life that we cannot do anything about and we are simply called to pray. You know, if you have a deep burden for others and you are overwhelmed to the point of physical paralysis where it's just like, God, there's so much brokenness and suffering in the world. What can I do about it? And God is just calling you to pray. Number one, that is, that is the number one thing. And so when you are, if you are concerned about mental health struggles in your community or the world, pray. Here's what happens when we pray. God does things. He purifies our heart. He shows us maybe wrong attitudes or mindsets that we have towards the dynamics at play in those situations. He shows us the layers. Um, And as he does that, he shows us how we can contribute and be effective. I've talked about this before, but the five loaves and the two fish that the little boy gave at the feeding of the 5,000 was a huge act of faith. You've got 5,000 families, men, women, and children. And here's this little boy saying, you can share my lunch that maybe will feed one grown man, if that. And Jesus multiplies it and feeds everyone. I can't get over the multiplication principle. And Jess from Roots and Refuge talks about this a lot. Just trust God with your little. And in the right time, in the right way, he will multiply it. So, with all of that context laid, let's talk about you If you are a swimmer and you are treading water, maybe you're homeless, maybe you have a job, maybe you have an apartment, maybe you are trapped in a toxic living situation with unhealthy family members, Um, I'm going to go on another tangent because 
listen, guys, I'm struggling. (laughs) I'm, I had the idea to do this episode a couple weeks back, and I was just like, I really don't want to talk about it, but every time that I feel uncomfortable talking about something, God will point towards why it needs to be talked about, and I'm just like, yes, Lord, help me obey. Um, I feel really discouraged today. I feel like my efforts are not going to be enough. Um, I feel really overwhelmed by the needs in my community that I just, I know I'm not enough to solve. Um, I look at my neighbors who don't know Christ and I have the privilege of knowing them because I walk a lot of dogs in my neighborhood and I'm so grateful for those friendships and I'm just like, God, how, how can I tell these people about Jesus who they live right next to me? Um, so I am recording this podcast currently from a place of just feeling kind of empty. Um, I'm trying to detox from social media right now. I'm going to record a podcast about that when I get farther along. Um, I, I am in a place, TM. Um, and also, I, I'm thinking and I'm praying very hard about, um, my legacy and who my content is for. And, um, two, three months ago, I put a post on Instagram about perfectionism and I spent an hour on that post and it is very simply 10 slides and a few pieces of text and a well-written caption. I spent an hour on that. Like, please understand, like, (laughs) if I put up a verse on a thing, that takes me, like, maybe three minutes and slap it on the internet. But this is, like, ten slides, and I thought about it, I made it concise and beautiful, and it communicates this concept so well. I was feeling really discouraged about Instagram because... I had 200 followers, just over uh, 220, and I was like, Lord, I'm busting my butt. And not to mention all the other posts I'd done um, for the book of Proverbs where I recorded a video and included the video with captions in a carousel. It's just, I'm really rambling now, I apologize, but I put a lot of effort into this, and Instagram has torn our attention span between feed posts and stories and now for the past two years they've been trying to divide our attention span between feed posts stories and reels and it's just it's it's too much and every all three of those categories are suffering because it's very difficult to do all three of them well and they're essentially functioning as three different types of social media within one social media app So that is why Instagram is frustrating for me, because I see how to do all three of those well, and I am tired of doing all three of them well, when relatively I've had fairly minimal engagement now. Um, And so I put this perfection post out on the internet, and I said, Lord, like, this is a fleece, and if you want me to stay on Instagram, like, make this post blow up. Like, I know you can do that. You can do that very easily. Um, And it did not blow up. And so I said, okay. And I 
spent a couple days thinking about it and I realized, okay, I need to retire from Instagram at the end of 2022. And ironically, the, the, I think it's the very next post that I shared um, did blow up. And very ironically, when someone does a feed binge uh, they visits my page, the perfection post is something that people visit regularly. And so every time I see a random like on that post, it is God encouraging me that, hey, yeah, I need you to get off Instagram, but also your work is not in vain. And so I am trusting God that this effort is going to be multiplied. And I am making peace with the idea that I may never see my Instagram blow up in my lifetime the way that I hope that it would. And that is okay. That is totally okay. Now, again, how does this relate to friendship and mental health? That is a great question that I honestly don't know the answer to. So, Lord Jesus, please help me get back on track. Ah, okay. Here we are. So, a few months before that, I was praying about the children of the pandemic. The children of the lockdowns. And, you know, many churches closed for the pandemic for a month or two. Um, our church closed for a little bit. And then after a short period of time, we went back. And um, Ben and I have pretty much resumed normal life. But the thing that I know about human nature is that there are families and pockets of communities who have not returned to normal life. And they are still living in lockdown two years after the fact. And this is affecting the children. This is affecting their development. This is affecting babies in ways that they do not even have words to explain. One of the things that God has taught me about my content is that he's used it in the lives of really isolated individuals with toxic families. And as I was praying about the children of the lockdown, I said, God, what can I do? What can I do? I am I am a millennial woman with low energy in Alabama with an internet connection. What can I do? And he said, Meg, you already have. And God showed me that the 10 years of vlog posts, of vlog content on YouTube that I have posted, it's for the children of the lockdowns. So let me speak to you specifically. And if you watch my vlogs, you may know that in... Um, as soon as the lockdowns happened, I was thinking of you. 
and you may have thought that you were forgotten by humanity, by God, and I want you to know that you absolutely were not forgotten. I knew about you. I knew that you were real, and I knew that you were trapped, and I knew that you were stuck there for a long time, and you would be for a long time. And um, there's a pastor by the name of Nate Pickowicz, and his last name is difficult to spell, um, but he's friends with Dustin Benge, and uh, you can look up Dustin Benge, B-E-N-G, on social media, and Nate should be pretty easy to find after that. Not that he, well, by the time you hear this, I don't know what Nate will be up to, so hopefully he's got lots of good things for you to follow and listen to. But I had the opportunity to interact with Nate's wife on social media a little bit right as the lockdown happened. And she, like me, also knew that this is absolutely going to hurt children. So I wasn't the only one who was thinking of you. And you are on our hearts. And this content is for you. And right now, <laughs> excuse me while I'm talking about myself again for a hot second. Um, right now, I'm, I have about 71 posts left to go on my Instagram before, feed posts before I retire. And um, I'm in the middle of a very beautiful um, layout where it says healing, friendship, and hopes and dreams. More specifically, healing and peace, friendship and community, and hopes and dreams. And those things are in squares, uh, uh, purple for healing, green for friendship, and blue for hopes and dreams. I've spent a lot of time talking about healing. I'm recording this podcast to discuss friendship. And I'm also thinking about how I can weave hopes and dreams into my content going forward. Because that's, they're progressive. They connect. You know, once you begin healing, then you can begin making friendships with other people who are more whole than you. And humanity is... We're very pack-oriented, and what I mean by that is that dogs group together and they form packs, and they have a leader, they have a scout, they have different roles within that pack, and all of those things are unspoken, but a lot of times they learn how to be part of the pack by picking up the body language and learning by example. And human beings, <laughs> we forget how much we learn by example. And part of healing is to be around healthier people. But you need to have already started your healing process before you can befriend healthy people. <sighs> and I need to talk about this for a second. Sometimes when I... I feel afraid about ministering and building a friendship with someone who's not in a healthy, stable place. 
part of this is maybe because I'm afraid that I'll be reminded of something I've gone through. Part of it is that I feel overwhelmed with how much healing is needed in that person's life situation. And I'm afraid that I will think that God is not big enough for that person. I will, I will doubt and my faith will be weak. And also, I'm afraid that I won't have enough energy or resources to be a genuine friend to that person. Sometimes I'm also afraid that that person who's struggling, you know, what do they not know that I'm going to have to demonstrate or teach them and what kind of sacrifice is that going to cost me? Not that it's not worth it, but it is a sacrifice. And, you know, what love languages does that person know or not know or is triggered by? Um, you know, it, it's a little bit like walking into a minefield. Because I don't know that person's triggers and I don't know if they're going to love bomb me one second or blow up on me the other. And I'm speaking as someone who has been that person. So I'm not speaking with judgment in any way. Please hear that. And I am part of my discomfort in recording this podcast and I realize we are a solid 30 minutes in. Kudos to you for listening. If I trigger you at some point, I hope that you will pause, take a break, calm yourself down, and then keep listening because maybe something I'll say will balance out what triggered you and help you work through it. Or just take a break and come back another day. But I want you to be brave and stick with me here. So I'm saying all these things as someone who has been been the messed up person who does not know how to relate to healthy people. And it makes me uncomfortable to think about that season of my life. You know, I try to live in the present. I spent so much time in that season of my life obsessing over the past or fantasizing about the future. And now I'm finally living in the present. I want to keep living in the present. I don't like to go back and relive the past because that was painful. And I lived it once and I don't want to live it again. That's why I don't talk about it. But... For your sake, it is necessary that I talk about it. And so, yes, I will sacrifice for this podcast to relive it. And I remember being very hyper. And I think I wore some people out with my hyperness. Um, I think there were some really good people who would have been friends with me if I hadn't been so over the top. Um, But also... That, that was my dysfunctional expression. Um, a, a different pattern that I notice is sometimes somebody who's really shy and quiet and closed off to the point where you can barely get them to say two words together. And I think about those people and God has to gift us with affection for those we are called to minister to and and to you quiet people you know the lurkers and the listeners 
first of all, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad that you are getting outside your comfort zone by listening to things that are hard, listening to things that you know in faith will help you. Um, But when God sends people to you with affection for you and they try and draw you out, let them. Ask God to show you who is trustworthy and who is not. And when he shows you that someone is trustworthy, you have to be vulnerable with them. Even if that means you're starting to make conversation and you're afraid the words are going to come out wrong. You have to learn by doing. And I'm on the opposite spectrum where I am not afraid to make a fool of myself. Because I know that I learn so much when I try new things. Um, the sticker on my journal right now is my my pink apron, <laughs> my pink apron airplane, <laughs> paper airplane, and it's from my Circles of Flight series, um, which you can find on my art Instagram and. I don't know where I'm posting art by the time you're listening to this, but it's on my art Instagram for sure because that's my portfolio. And um, the paper airplane, the caption that goes with it is about taking small risks. And you have to take small risks in order to grow. And you're not betting your life savings on a horse race or what have you. You're just like doing something outside your comfort zone. But if worse goes to worse, like... What's the worst that's going to happen? You look like an idiot? Well, it's going to be okay. Because everybody in life has moments where they're idiots. And God is gracious to give us other opportunities to try again. And we can think about, okay, what did I do that was stupid that I don't want to do again? And God, please help me. And we just, that's how we grow. Is by getting outside our comfort zone. And so if it's hard for you to put two words together, um, I would encourage you um, to focus on nonverbal affirmative cues. Smile at people. Smiling at people is a huge way that you can get outside your comfort zone. And smiling is one of the ways that shows others that we're safe. And um, even if it's a sheepish, quiet smile, um, Smile because you know that Jesus is going to redeem all the things that you've been through. Even if you can't see it now and even if you can't even imagine it ever happening. Smile because you have hope in Jesus. Smile because his death on the cross in forgiveness of your sins shows you that it's okay to make mistakes. You're forgiven. You're in a relationship with him. And if you're not, well, that's the essence of it. I mean, how are you listening to my content this long and you don't know Jesus? Um, But this may be your first episode, so I apologize if this is your um, first introduction to me. And I'm... But Jesus was God. And... 
if you read the book of John, he explains that he, Jesus, I, Jesus, existed with the Father at the beginning of time. And he came to earth. He was born of a virgin. So this is a woman who was never impregnated by a man. And God just put a seed in her. Which fulfilled what Jesus, which, which which fulfilled what God said in Genesis three, where, um, you know, the Satan and the serpent who tempted Eve, and he said, "The seed of the woman will crush your head after you bite his heel." And normally, it's in the Bible, it's men who have seed for for children, but in this instance, it was the woman who had seed, and that was specifically in reference to Mary the mother of Jesus. And so Mary was a virgin and she gave birth to Jesus. And then Jesus lived a perfect sinless life. There is not a human being on the planet who has never had a rebellious thought against God, who has never been selfish. Jesus was 100% never selfish, never took anything, never stole anything, never lied, never had a bad attitude ever. And it's okay to be sad and discouraged, but having a bad attitude is more of like, I don't know, um, just, hmm, how do I explain a bad attitude? I guess something that we fall into sometimes is when bad things happen, we want to blame. And In your anger, do not sin. And I would say also, in your bad attitude, do not sin. Don't, you know, it's okay to be mad at God. He can take it. But still acknowledge that his character is good. See, that's the thing. God is 100% good. And he's holy. And holy simply means that his goodness at its epitome is perfect. And... God does not sin. He never sins. He never hurts anybody. But us, on the other hand, we have this thing called choice where we get to choose if we love God or not. You know, in this moment, are you going to love God or not? You get to choose that. And because God gave us the option to choose to love him, he also gave us the option to choose to not love him. And that's, quite frankly, where all the bad things come from. That's where all the trauma and all the abuse and the wars and the human trafficking and all the traumatic, sad things that are too overwhelming for me to list come from. Is... People don't love God, and so they sin. And every human being has that choice to choose to love God or not. And there are people who hate God. And the book of Jude in the Bible calls them vessels of destruction. And so... We are not all basically good. And there's a lot of terrible philosophy posts on the internet that would say otherwise, but they're wrong. We are not basically good. 
our default is to not choose God. And I love what the book of Romans says is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He chose us. He loved us first. And so when we accept his forgiveness of our sins and then we enter into a relationship with him and then we obey what he tells us to do, very simply, life works out and it comes out good. You know, even if we have mental health issues and we still have tremors of triggers of trauma, (laughs) wow, that was some powerful alliteration. Um, And so, one of the challenging things of, of making friends and having a, 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 a struggle with mental health, sometimes that mental health struggle can be emotional, where we're dealing with trauma and um, we've not shook off the effects of that trauma fully just yet and it it takes time but then there's also the category of um, um, biochemical mental health conditions and if you want to find out more about that go to inversestream.com slash health and I did a podcast there with my friend Annalise. I did a nine-minute video there talking about, you know, these are the health tests that I've had done. And this is the stool test. This is the blood test. This is the hair test. And this is what came back and said, I don't have any lithium in my body. I'm deficient on magnesium. I didn't have enough vitamin D. I had a, a parasite bacteria in my stomach. And so when we have a physical mental health condition a physical condition that affects our mental health because your gut health connects by the vagus nerve directly to your brain and if your gut is healthy then your gut will be happy and if your gut is healthy and happy then your brain will be healthy and happy and it tells that to the brain by the vagus nerve that's spelled v-a-g-u-s N-E-R-V-E. And very simply, what happens in the vagus nerve does not stay in the vagus nerve. And so if you are sad because you have health conditions, it's still hard to be friends. And one of the biggest things, if I could go back and encourage myself in the past, one of the biggest things I would tell myself is to just clarify Um, be clear be honest with yourself and clear with your friends about my resources are just really low right now I feel really anxious today for no particular reason maybe I'm due for my cycle or maybe it's a full moon because full moons will mess with parasites in your stomach and so the parasites will get really excited I don't quite know all the science behind it, but I will link that at inversestream.com slash health because there is an article that I needed to tag. So, um, 
be clear with your friends. Hey, I'm just really low on time right now. I'm really low on emotional energy right now. Or I'm feeling really hyper and I need to, to, to vent with something. And do you have the emotional energy to listen to me? And asking your healthier or other friends you know, trying to be healthy within your friendships because you can grow and you can heal together. That's wonderful and amazing when it happens. Um, if you can be healthy together and you can clarify, this is where I'm at. Um, clarify, clarify, clarify. The secret to communication is to clarify. And that simply means, you know, let me grab my dictionary. I keep a paper dictionary by my bed for this very occasion. C comes after B. Uh, Car, Camellia, CH, Cicero, Cleat. Okay, clarify. To make or become pure or clear. And so you are making your meaning clear. And even if that's something as, I am running late, I'm running behind today, and I'm sorry, or it is better to volunteer more information than is needed, than to hold back and just hope that people will assume and figure things out. That is really, really important. Um... And then the thing to remember is that we are all struggling. Even the most stable people among us are looking at the headlines, looking at the state of the world, and praying, God, how can I be responsible within this season that you have placed me, with the resources that you have given me? Um, and the most godly in this season are praying and thinking and acting wisely. There's a beautiful proverb that says, the wise man sees trouble coming far off and prepares beforehand. And I'm paraphrasing that verse and it's, I don't remember, but it's definitely in Proverbs. Um, and so... It is really important when it, maybe you are the person trying to befriend someone with a mental health issue. And it's really important to assess and regularly reassess. That means to evaluate or to be honest with yourself about what, what resources you do or do not have. And, and regularly in a relationship, um, I helped a friend last year and she and I talked regularly every single day for well over a month. And I was able to get her through a really hard season. But then after that, I was really tired. 
And my husband came to me and said, Meg, I need you to take a break and not... Because I was absorbing that person's anxiety so hard. And so it's important to evaluate, okay, how much can I give in this season? And maybe I need to take a break. And try and communicate clearly about that or maybe just be honest with yourself about what you can and cannot do and kind of set a boundary for yourself and then um, we need to talk about boundaries boundaries are honestly really hard to explain Um, but they're wonderful and important so um But to try and summarize, very simply, it's just like, if I, if I don't have the energy to respond to someone, I will, or, or be in an intense conversation with that person, I will mute notifications for them. And it's not that I don't check in, but I do, but I, I check in on my timetable. I check in when I have the emotional energy. And if someone is suicidal you cannot be the only person trying to help them now maybe you are and that's okay and that's good but you can't be the only person to help them because if you have a canoe and you're trying to help a drowning person But your own responsibilities are barely enough to keep you afloat in your canoe. Let's say you have a raft and you're trying to bring in a a drowning person. If you bring in that drowning person, but the two of you together are too heavy for the raft, both of you will go under the water and you'll lose your raft. And one of the things that's really important is to help people in a way that is sustainable for you. And this is something that empathetic people really fall into a trap in, myself included. And we have to accept our limitations. We have to accept that we are not enough for people. And you are not responsible for anyone staying alive other than yourself as much as it depends upon you. And maybe you're listening to this and you've lost someone to suicide. That's hard. That's really hard. And you're racking yourself wondering, you know, what if I could have done things differently? What if I'd replied to that text? What if I'd done this? What if I what if I had initiated that? Friend, I need you to trust that God is big enough. There is not a soul on this earth who is lost to him, who is unimportant to him. Um, In the Psalms, it says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I hide? Where can I flee? If I go to the depths of hell, you're still there. You still find me. 
Sheol, as it's often called in the Bible. If I run away, you are still there. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And again, that's a very rough paraphrase, and I will put the scripture in the caption, um, in the podcast description. There is not a soul on earth that God doesn't know about. And everyone, whether they commit suicide or not, is going to end up where they're supposed to be. God is that big. He cares about people that much. Even with all of the chaos and the trauma that that would say otherwise and lie about God. He cares and he knows. If this podcast has given you something to think about, um, something you need to work through and process, I would strongly encourage you to visit the link in the description inversestream.com slash podcast slash mental dash health. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor who wants to help and encourage you in your walk with Christ. This is not a professional counselor, simply a Christian who wants to encourage you. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.